you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. And I have Sin City Steve with us here tonight. And uh, we're going to be your bad boys here. We re- we record this on uh, on Halloween night. And uh, for those who are watching, happy Halloween to you. For those who's listening, it's after Halloween. Hopefully you had a, uh, a great holiday if you do uh, celebrate in any way. So this is our three count. We got three good topics for you. And... Um, we're going to get right into it, and um, if you're watching us, definitely use your Facebook uh, chat messenger to uh, put in whatever comments you have, and we'll try to get them in as we see fit. All right, Sin City, let's jump right into it. This is our first count from Sports Illustrator here. It's called Chronic Mismanagement spelled the demise of Ring of Honor as we know it. So let's just read uh, a, a little bit of what they're saying. It says ROH, which on multiple occasions redefined the wrestling space, announced Wednesday that is effectively going to seize operation as a full-time company. ROH COO Joe Koff. I'll say his name is. Hopefully that's correct. Who is an executive for Sinclair Broadcast Group which is RH parent company held a zoom call for talent to explain the specifics that included everyone being released from their contract. Not everyone from the roster, however, was on the call, which left multiple people, including some of the top talent unaware of the massive change in sports illustrated confirmed from multiple sources that the contracts expiring on or before March 31st, 2022 will be paid out for the duration of the deal. Contracts extended beyond March 31st will necessitate individual meetings between the talent and Sinclair management, most likely to come to terms on a buyout. Now, ROH first event, the Era of Honor Begins, took place February 2002. The promotion was known among industry insiders as a welcome alternative from WWE and featured emerging stars like CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Brian, Brian Danielson, and Nigel McGuinness. Its financial situation changed significantly in uh, on uh, 2011 when Sinclair purchased the promotion. Yet, despite all the benefits of being owned by a major force in broadcasting, ROH never took the steps necessary to become a top player in the industry. It always lacked a signature television show, one that would air on a one that would air on a consistent time and night. Even though there were executives within the company, including Koff, who Continue to spread the idea that one was coming. Whoever thought Impact Wrestling would outlast Ring of Honor? This is a devastating development for the talent. For the talent, 
who now have one less place to work. And while the pandemic will ultimately bear the brunt of blame, it is simply not fair to use that as an excuse. When speaking with multiple ROH talent and former office employees, they all shared the same sentiment telling Sports Illustrated that the end of the company is the result of mismanagement from the top. All right, I'm going to stop there, Sin City. Um, I'll tell you first that I was shocked. I dis- I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm saddened. I normally would do the... Uh, the uh, the reviews or, or of what happened of Ring of Honor on our wrestling talk. I did notice, like I had told you last week, it was a little weird to not see any television programming on at on at all. Which uh, you know uh, they had even promoted what was going to be the following week's match, and it didn't take place. And um, I mean, this is just really sad to know that you know Ring of Honor. I still have a lot of questions. I mean, people are going to be released from the contract, but yet they're going to restructure and become, uh, they're going to start back up in April of next year. How is that supposed to look? I mean, what talent supposed to be available? Uh, one thing for sure is that I'm going to have to agree with, uh, with one of the uh, sentences in here that it said, that at the end, at the end, the company is the result of mismanagement from the top, and um, and bottom line, that's probably what came out of this. Uh, when I first got the news, someone had mentioned to me, uh, "Well, you know, they paid their guys during the pandemic," and I'm like, "Yeah," and I and I thought that that was great, and uh, I mean, you know, I work for a company who pay us during the pandemic like a lot of us did and they probably went a lot longer than some of the other promotions but I don't think it was just that there was a lot more and I think this article really dig deep into that especially considering you have access to a television network and you can't get a specific day and a specific time to lock it in that just doesn't make sense Uh, let me just let me start with you what was your take on this particular article and everything you've been finding out about Ring of Honor, since it's appears to be no more. The the thing that I can definitely mention the and the thing that stands out to me the most is you know Justin Barrasso mm-hmm. is a great journalist. Um, mm-hmm. He he definitely painted the picture so that even if you weren't familiar with the the announcement itself or what happened, right? Um, he he did a great uh, a great deal of framing things in a way that. Yes, it's going to add some insight to the events that, that happened before he actually launched in and, and discussed certain things. Yeah, um, I completely agree with everything mm-hmm. that that Justin had mentioned in this article. Yeah, um, and the the biggest thing is that you and you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you have you are a television production company, a yeah. television network. Granted, yes, syndication, but at the end of the day, you cannot have a specific time and date right. for, for your flagship show. You, or according to this, there is no flagship show. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, even there, even there for, for a while before, uh, before this purchase um, from Sinclair, 
you know, they had granted, yes, they were on HD net, but still it was a destination show. Right. And that was always something that really stood out to me and just didn't, it didn't sit well with me that, okay, why the hell is this going on? If anybody would have thought that a television company, like a company that owns multiple multiple networks, right. multiple TV stations. Right. If that is the company that's actually going to buy a pro wrestling company, wouldn't you think that they would be the the company that has good production values, if not great production values? Right. Ring of Honor, they're, they're especially during the pandemic, it, it, it brought to light that their production value was the was the worst out of all of your major product uh, all, all of your major wrestling companies the i mean for starters the, the they, framing of everything they it was were, just it was terrible they were late starting you know while everybody else was like okay look just put a ring out there uh, either aw said hey hey wrestlers you're gonna make up the people around the ring and wwe at the beginning said hey it's just gonna be nobody it doesn't matter everyone's trying to figure this out okay Impact at the moment had to step away, but they finally figured it out and they got going. But Ring of Honor was just really like it was almost like they wasn't even thinking at the point. And when they did come back, which was great, it was almost like, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, like they just said, OK, I guess we should try to throw it back on. Like, I guess we should try to do something. That's how it, it, it appeared to be, not the wrestlers, but from a business aspect. Because even when they started going back to having live shows, they still wasn't having uh, live shows. They did one live with an audience uh, pay-per-view. And since then, they've still been running shows with nobody. And I'm like, why? And I'm not understanding. So at some point, it just seemed like, uh, I don't know, they just was just giving up from the beginning or uh, or what? I don't know. But it's... It doesn't make sense. It's terrible, man, to be honest. And, you know, you look at names that had been there from the beginning. I mean, guys like Carrie Silken, who was a, an absolute figurehead for that company for years. Um, it's almost like as if, you know, it was all for naught. Um, and that's, I think, one of the biggest crimes with all of this is, you know, they're they're just being kind of thrown to the wayside. And... You know, now they're saying, oh, well, yeah, we we're going to be resuming operations in April. Right. OK, well, how necessarily are you going to do that? Are they going to operate specifically as an indie fed? And the answer to that, from what I'm hearing is, yes, they are. They're not going to have contracted superstars. They're not going to have anybody that they can really rely on. And at the end of the day, their champions, if they if they pick back up and start again, their champions could be sniped from them at any point in time by AEW, by Impact, mm -hmm. by WWE. So, I mean, I, I don't see them coming back whatsoever, man. I hate to say it, but yeah, you know, if they if they do come back, then it's it's just going to be essentially them running just shows with no continuity, um, unless, you know, they happen to, to get people to agree on a handshake that they're going to be at their shows. Yeah, so. absolutely. And shout, and Chris here, who's uh, on our chat, said that JR said years ago on his podcast that if Ring of Honor 
would get better lighting for their TV tapings. They could be more seriously as, as a weekly competitive brand. There's no doubt, man, um, that the talent on that show was just amazing. And even before, a lot of the guys that were uh, that are on AEW now that were part of Ring of Honor, um, Cody Rhodes and, and the Young Bucks, you know, and you go down the list. I Omega. Mean, Omega, yeah. I mean, like even then, that I mean, <laughs> I mean, despite the fact, and, and and I don't know, I mean, I'm sure, and I don't know, you may know this more. Maybe with what what Cody and Young Bucks, from what I was reading, they were asking, I guess, for more money. But I would have say, okay, great, ask for more money, but why not? Why not demand for? A, like a better vision of Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Then the exactly. money would come because Ring of Honor probably felt they really couldn't pay them what they were worth based on what was happening. But why would you, why not? Because let's be honest, if they didn't, if we didn't have Tony Khan, right, there would not be AEW. So, you know, and you didn't know you were going to have Tony. So at the time, I don't know why they that these guys didn't focus on getting the Ring of Honor management to invest, you know, into making it what it should be, you know, and and there was some sort of failure or disconnect with with this whole thing, and I I I just don't get it, man. I just really feel sorry for all the guys, and you know, I I feel that there there's going to be a place, and it doesn't matter to me, you know, I. I just say, as long as you got work, it doesn't matter. You know, sure, I can have my own picks on where I would like to see here and there, but hey, as long as they're somewhere and they're they're they're, they're getting paid and their talent is getting over, um, that's all I I really uh, care about from this point. And um, Ring of Honor, they had they had, I mean, it was gold, and I just don't understand. I mean, even their announcers, man, Rick Abani, where I mean, he's perfect. He needs to be. I could put a, a a few places he could just remove some and just take their yes. spot right there. You know, please, <laughs> if you're Tony Khan, if you're Tony Khan, please right. pick up the phone, call Ian Riccoboni, please get him on your show now. Thank you. Absolutely. I mean, dude, I mean, that's a steal. So yeah, man. Oh boy. Well, Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll keep our eyes on, on all of that. And they still have a pay-per-view they got coming up, uh, one in December. So they still have one, and more than likely there's going to be quite a – they're probably going to really get a good buy-in on that just for the fact that people knows, you know, yeah. what's to happen. So we'll see how all of that goes, man. So, yeah. It's it's sad, man. It, it, at the end of the day, it's sad more than anything else. Um, and, you know, the production values – the fact that it looks like as if they're wrestling in a garage, I mean, <laughs> right. it, it it was it was it was doomed from the start. Um, when after the purchase, when they didn't take some of those, you know, some of the profits or some of the money from Sinclair and put it back into the product, right? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, brother. We should have known that yeah. this would have happened at some point. Right? It just it sucks for the talent. And it sucks for, you know, everybody that went out there and dedicated themselves to this brand and this company. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's tough, dude. It's tough. Yeah. And unfortunately, now there's one less place for people to earn a living yep. in the world of pro wrestling. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, that's – and that's the reason why, hey, I know people may – I know you may be a huge a WWE fan and let's say you don't care for AEW or you love AEW and you don't care for WWE. And then when I mention Impact, you have – you know, everyone just straight laugh. But this is the reason why I think it's important to give – you know, show your love for Impact because they could be in that same situation too, and they got good stuff going on. How can we not Definitely. sit and watch what we just watched from a from what they did last week live, and to see all of that go away just because you feel what they don't because they're not in some twenty thousand seated stadium or they're not on uh, prime TV network. You, you know, if you have the ability to watch, to be a part, to purchase. If you have that option, do it. Why not? It's good. And then you even appreciate them more when you do see them maybe leave and go up to another production. You appreciate that even more because you've seen where they've come from. You know, right now, this is the time to be given impact wrestling your love. You know, and I'm not saying they're not, not in that position, but, you know, it just, it just, when you see one, it doesn't take, you know, much to start to see others. I mean, NWA, right? We don't have them <laughs> anymore. I mean, it, yeah, I'm just saying. So if you love wrestling, love wrestling. That's all I'm going to say. You just love it. Even from the even from the small indie promotion. Something like uh, Future Stars of Wrestling, which we promote here. You know, if you have the opportunity to watch these guys grow from, you know, somebody coming off the street who decide they want to train and now become a wrestler and you're able to come to the shows, cheer them on and, and watch all of that is necessary uh, to keep, keep the business going. So that's what I say about that, man. Let's jump over to number two, which is uh, from pro wrestling news hub.com. It's titled Tony Schiavone says AEW will have streaming service in 2022. So let's just read the quote because they wanted to know how does he feel about AEW will uh, be having a streaming service in 2022. So let's just read what he says. He says, yes, I do. I think we're going to see a streaming service. This is my thought. I don't know anything for sure. Just by talking to people, I think there's going to be a streaming service by the end of 2022. I do know that there are people in Warner Media that I knew that I still know that have nothing to do with AEW that told me, you know, that AEW is going to be a part of HBO Max. I remember asking somebody in the front office, not Tony Khan, are you going to be on HBO Max? They said, yeah, until they want to come up with a lot more money. And I think we're going to end up getting our own streaming services. I'm, I'm just trying to fill in all the blanks where, I mean, blanks here from what I've heard. It's not really on Tony's radar right now, but I'm sure there are people in the office that are working that out for him. And that's the end quote. So I guess the question I would ask you, Sin City, um, a streaming service. Um, do you see a purpose for that right now? Or even, and if we wouldn't even say in the future, even a year from now. And, and, and I question this because, Let's be real. When it comes to some of the ratings, we kind of thought AEW would definitely be hitting the the million on a weekly basis, maybe even a little bit more than that. Do you think it's really at this time to be considering starting some sort of a streaming service uh, within the next year? 
I, I think that they could. And the, the fact of it is this, you know, we've, we've talked at length on here about how BTE is not canon for AEW mm-hmm. and how they, they run particular storylines and jokes and, and things like that on BTE, which is a YouTube show. Right. Um, but also AEW dark and AEW dark elevation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why not have those things on their own private streaming service? Mm-hmm. You could you could easily have more cohesion and more continuity between their product if you have you know the AEW network be a one stop shop. But where would where they get all go? the where they get all the content? I mean, WWE has, I mean, they have a library, so they can run. Yeah, you know, well, hell, they. Didn't, I don't know why. For the minute when I said WWE, I was thinking. Before they actually signed over to Peacock, <laughs> you know, which is still to the cock, <laughs> right? But I mean, starting, I'm going back even to the old school way that it was of a streaming service. They had a huge library. What what kind of content would AEW have for streaming on a, you know? Well, well, keep in mind mm-hmm. what what was what was count one. Well, count one was about the demise of Ring of Honor. Okay. You mean to tell me that they don't have a tape library that's up for sale right now? Yeah, but I think in that same story, it had it says something about the fact they wanted some outrageous price, more than what the market. But I I, I forget your boy do got you, tons of do money. Do you think Do you think Tony <laughs> Khan gives two drops of piss about how much money it costs? I forgot about that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that guy wants it, he's gonna get it. Right, right. And the mere so keep this in mind. Ring of Honor actually technically owns the right to the first all in, which was the precursor to AEW's launch. Okay. Ring of Honor, that that library, you would instantly have access to matches with the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. with Cody, with Kenny Omega for years. Mm-hmm. Kenny, Kenny wrestled in, in Ring of Honor um, as far back as 2008. Yeah. yeah 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 so um i mean it's it's one of those things that yeah it would make perfect sense cm punk got his start there um so i think that that you could easily very easily make a use case for tony khan to purchase the tape library and at that point so yes you would be able to then segue it into the current product um you could have things from nwa as well yeah so basically everyone that that tony khan has worked with short of impact um you could have stuff from any of those promotions on the you know on the all elite network um so i think that i think think the question there there are a lot of moving parts though Mm -hmm. i i it really depends on you know how much they want to implement at the end of the day. And if they think it would be a success, um, you also have to keep in mind what your price point is going to be in right. order to, in order to run um, a streaming platform and have a user base that will be streaming those things and using that bandwidth. Um, and what do you think about this not- idea of HBO max possibly being uh, a player in that? I mean, I have HBO max. I mean, <laughs> it, I, 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 I think that that's very interesting. It is because right? I had, I hadn't linked AEW to HBO Max. I, I hadn't either. But when when this article mentioned it, I was like, "Holy shit! That actually, 
could that could be legit mm-hmm. um if they if they take a look at everything and if they take a look at their uh their operating costs to run a streaming network um which will be used by millions of people mm-hmm. um across across the world then you know it, it's going to be one of those things that do is that the the type of expense that they want to come up with and actually put forth and set aside on their balance sheets every single month, every year. If it's not, well, then uh, I think that we may have our answer right here in this quote. I mean, when WWE had their, when it was, when they had their network, they had 10 million subscribers, right? It was around that many. I mean, do you even think, at least as of right now, even a year, that they would even get, not I ain't going to even say 10 million, I'll say just a million subscribers, AEW. I don't even think they could. They could. I don't know. I think it would. It would be a. It would. It would be a tough sell. So keep in mind, you at some a point million a, a billion in the U.S. I think you're having issues. But if you right. okay. if you if you take it worldwide, that's true. You can't tell that's me true. that there are people in other countries that aren't getting live AEW products traveling to them. True. That wouldn't want to be able to to watch everything that ever occurred in an AEW ring right. in one in one so just place. like with new japan you know bingo right gotcha perfect man all right well we'll uh keep our eyes open and see uh what happens with that all right let's go over to number uh, 3 here it's from sportskeeda.com and it's titled that's the problem with wrestling WWE veteran Dutch Mantel highlights one of the major issues with the industry. All right. And um, I guess he recently highlighted a significant issue. And this is kind of what he said it is. Quote, what is the difference between pro wrestling and pro football other than once produced and one's not? What's the difference between pro basketball and pro wrestling or pro baseball or even NASCAR? The reason is they have seasons. The season begins and the season ends. Pro wrestling doesn't have a season, and that's the problem with wrestling. If you have football every week, tell me with, with what would happen to ratings. When it's on all the time, you wouldn't want to watch it. But that is the state of pro wrestling finds itself in. It's wrestling, wrestling, and they just go to the next pay-per-view or the next week's TV. And quote. Um, does he make a point there, Sin City? I know you are a a huge fan of the Steelers, uh, football. Yep. Uh, if the Steelers were on every week, at some point, do you be will you feel like yeah, maybe can miss uh, a few games, uh, a few weeks? Yep. Maybe I'll yep. come back. You know, maybe that's a good point. If he's if he's got a point and and that could be what it is, you know what could, and is there any way we know WWE are content providers? I guess you could say AEW is the same too. What do you do in this manner, or do you not do anything? You know from this point. So I think the the thing that we really should consider is we've talked in the past how talent rosters have been, um, so bloated between different promotions Mm -hmm. i i i genuinely think that one thing that we could do is we could easily easily rotate in and rotate out 
mm-hmm. some of these some of these talents. Um, there's no reason that you know. Let's uh, let's just throw it out there. Uh, Roman Reigns, okay, okay, um, only because he's in a video that's embedded in this page. Yeah. So okay, Roman Reigns. Think about it this way: when he went away, and because he was struggling with uh, you know his leukemia, right? All right. Obviously, he was endeared by you know the fans at that point. Uh, before then, they were kind of lukewarm to him, mm-hmm. and I. I it's one of those types of situations where when he came back, he was white hot, right? Like yep. everybody was so stoked to see him. Yep. And you know, that, that is, that's one example, but right. you got to figure how often is it that when you have a particular wrestler that you are a big fan of and they're gone for a little while, maybe they're injured or maybe they're taking some time, whatever it is. When they come back, you flip out, you lose your shit. You are so happy to see them. Right. Yep. So I think that it definitely does play in. Um, I don't think that we need to have a an off season like what Dutch is saying. Right. But I, I think that it wouldn't hurt to to rotate in and rotate out talents. Um, you know, of course, you're going to have to do it with tact and you're going to have to do it in a way that, you know, makes it look like it's somewhat organic uh, unless you choose to just, you know, go down the path of, Oh, well we have X amount of weeks left of Roman reigns showing up on our, on our show or right. whatever it is. Yeah. But um, realistically they could, they could easily keep all of that shit kayfabe and they could, they could give these guys some off time instead of having them on the road you know, every single week for TV and stuff like that. Now, granted, with the pandemic, they're not traveling 300 days a year. Right. As they were pre-pandemic. But it, I definitely think that it could endear the crowd to, you know, to, to, um, to those people that maybe have gotten stale or that, you know, the fans have gotten tired of seeing. Um, so I, I, I think that, yes, that will, if nothing else, that will allow talent to recharge their batteries that will allow them to, you know, get themselves right mentally and physically yeah. and allow them to do this for a longer period of time because they're not killing themselves week in and week out for 52 weeks a year. I mean, considering, so after SummerSlam, your next big, the big, big event would be Survivor Series. So I know between that you have, what, three months or so. And I guess the yep. season premiere like just started this week. So um, let's just say season premiere starts uh, November. So maybe in the month of October, or it could be right after SummerSlam, maybe, you know, in September. Um, You know, what if from that point, the programming, you know, let's say there wasn't WWE Raw and SmackDown, but it got replaced with NXT uh, during that time and, you know, and, and running that during that time. And then after the month, you bring back, um, you know, as a new season. I don't know. It's just kind of a, a thought. And the same thing you can say with AEW, you know, after there, whatever the next, that major event all out or whatever, you take that month and maybe the YouTube show 
dark. Now that runs that month and then the following, you know, maybe something like that could possibly. But I mean, if you the idea, though, that you're going to have lower numbers because people just like, how do you you don't want that to happen? You don't want to you don't like the ideas of just saying, well, that's just how that is, because it's harder to grab those numbers to go higher than it is for them to drop. And if all that really takes is even to pretend like there's a season, even if you take a month off versus we know in sports, you're taking maybe up to six months off that one month could be enough, you know? So your NXT now is your prime show. Your dark now is your prime show that are on these networks just for that month. And then you come back with the new season. I don't know, but that's something like that work. I mean, it's still content. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I, you, you bring up a really good point. I, I think the, the one thing that would kind of uh, alienate some viewers possibly would be if you tune in every week because you, sure. great case in point, the, the old NXT. Yeah. Okay. NXT 1.0. Yeah. Let's, let's use that as, as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're a huge fan of NXT 1.0, and how it was the work rate show of the week. Um, you knew that you were going to get blow away matches. You knew that the in-ring product was going to be absolutely solid. Yeah. You knew that the talent roster was going to behave a certain way once that bell rang. Right. And then if they would come on and say, oh, next week on the season finale, it's so-and-so versus so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And then that match happens. And then they start the, the marketing gimmick for NXT 2.0 season premiere next week. Right. And it's completely different. It has a a new look. It has a new roster. I think that that could be pretty jarring to a lot of people and a lot of viewers, especially if you're just by nature rotating in people that have a completely different style in ring. Yeah. Um, and if you're making that distinction between the two, um, it, it can alienate some people because they may not like NXT 2.0 um, as much as they liked NXT 1.0 or not at all. But even that's if that the is worst the thing, that but even happen. if that's the case, at least, you know, you're going to have a drop in ratings period just for the fact that you're bringing in NXT or, or dark with my, my examples, you know, you're going to have a drop in ratings, but at least that's okay because that's what you're kind of wanting to do just so that when you start your new season again, you're, you know, you've kind of now given the fan, I guess, a break, <laughs> if you want to say that. And now when they come back, they're rejuvenated to start over again. If you're going by the thoughts of what uh, Coulter is saying, you know. Right. It, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and now I think the one thing that we need to, to think about as well is – you know, we're talking about things from WWE's perspective or mm-hmm. the fans' perspective. Let's think for a second about what NBC Universal wants. Sure. When they when they ink that TV deal, yeah. they're expecting to get WWE Raw 52 weeks a year. Right. Yeah. They're not expecting to get a or AEW. They're not expecting to get um, WWE Raw. Um, you know, 48 weeks a year, or you know. 36 weeks a year. Sure. Um, and the balance being NXT. Um, so I think that that could be another thing to where, I mean, in the future know, they, that could be contracted, they, right? I mean, it could 
if they wanted to. It could, it could, yeah. it could. and but it would it would require a lot of planning, and it would require um, a complete buy-in from that particular network. Right. Which that's yeah. that's something key to consider. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about business. Yeah. Um, it, it's all about revenue generation. Yeah. And content creation. Um, yeah. So I, I think that if if WWE went into the the negotiations for a TV deal saying, hey, you know, we want to do this, but we want to rotate in talent um, and basically half the year, you know, three quarters of the year, it's going to be WWE Raw. But uh, the other quarter of the year, um, we're going to give these guys some time to relax and we're going to bring up our developmental stars. And that's who's going to be on NXT. We'll right. rebrand it as NXT for that week. Hypothetically speaking, of course. Right. But um, I, I think that there might be some sort of trepidation from the networks um, to not have a consistent branding across the year, every year mm -hmm. for the duration of the contract. Yeah. Gotcha. Because also keep in mind DVR numbers, uh, uh, DVR um, bookings. Right. So if if the way that a lot of DVRs are set up now is, you know, it's set up to record WWE Raw or right. WWE NXT um, on those particular days. Now, if you change if you change the show to, you know, whatever WWE, uh, you know, what whatever whatever you change the name to, now there you run the risk of DVRs not recording that show, mm -hmm. thus leading to reduced ratings, thus leading to reduced revenues. Right. That could be the problem. That too, yeah. Well, it's definitely something, and maybe it's one of those things where, you know what, you're just going to have to deal with it. You know, I mean, they've, they've been doing this for all these years now, so it is what it is. Yeah. But, but, you know, the crazy thing is we still – we do remember, and of course, we're you know that's a whole different topic. I mean, we remember when numbers were when they WWE was in the threes, you know, on USA or whatever. But shit, six, <laughs> right? Yeah, Attitude Era, right? You know, but again, you know, that's a different time, I guess, different place, and all of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would love to see it uh, go back up, but uh, you know, it is what it is. So, good stuff, Sin City. Appreciate you there. Definitely. Uh, that's our three count, guys. Um, thank you for hanging out. And um, final thoughts. Um, I guess for me, I just tell you guys just to uh, continue to be safe out there. We're now starting officially the holiday season. So, you know, there's going to be um, just a, a, a lot of of movement going forward. And just, you know, just, uh, just be careful out there and um, – um, you know, respect one another, you know, because that's that's something that I think the the world is lacking, just to be honest. You know, so we're going through the holiday season and everybody's gonna want something. One thing we're beginning to see right now in a lot of retail is, you know, we've learned that a lot of product is sitting out on a ship <laughs> uh that can't Oh shit. Yeah, that that can't get on these trucks and hit retailers. So we're seeing product that's not getting the store so store is going to be very limited you know and it's just going to be in just an all-out sort of craziness this holiday because you know what you want you won't be able to get so you know just things to keep in mind you know it'd be a good idea then that you might want to start now than the wait last minute but just respect and uh you know truly uh love everybody as you should you know 
and uh, and keep it moving. That would be my final thoughts. What's yours, Sin City? What do you want to tell the Damn. people? That was that was profound impact. <laughs> Stop thank <it>. you. <laughs> um, thank you guys for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do every single week. We we appreciate everything that you do. So yeah. thank you. Absolutely. Also, special thank you to every brave man and woman serving this country, mm-hmm. whether you're on lands foreign or domestic. We appreciate you. You allow us to do what we do and what we love to do and mm-hmm. everything that we can do. So definitely we appreciate everything and all of your sacrifices special shout out to our boy the storm and mormon mm-hmm. john we love you yes and Absolutely. uh last but not least repsports.com reppsports.com go there for all of your pre-workout weight loss and general energy needs repsports.com use promo code vegas at checkout and save yourself 15 percent. yes absolutely all right guys we appreciate you um Hopefully, we'll have the uh, the Falco Fouls back on Wednesday. If you didn't hear last week's show, we didn't have Joe on. And, of course, um, as most of you may know who watched the show, he did lose his mother. But it was a great episode last week because we played some highlights of just different parts, some old school the Falco Fouls. Uh, there were specific parts of the show that we wanted to get the take of Matt Michaels. And I tell you, just really listening to that was just amazing. Um, if you never listened to it, if you it, it, listen to the Falcon Files, if you at least listen to last week's, I think that would get you to want to listen to all the past the Falcon Files. And they also did an awesome tribute um, also to him, his family, uh, a lot of the uh, wrestlers out there who's trained with him. Um, they did an awesome tribute at the uh, the end of that episode. So it's really uh, sentimental, but uh, it's just it's just awesome. Get, if you haven't get a chance to listen to that, uh, make sure you uh, download the, the Falco files from last week, and where and hopefully we'll have a new one for you uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this on your podcast. All right. So with that, we will see you next time. Take care. Peace. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.